Hello and welcome to the Liverpool Way podcast. It's a couple of hours after the final whistle blew on the Reds 2-2 draw at Brighton. A game we should have won but could easily have lost and which served up yet another controversial VAR decision. I'm Dave Usher, editor at liverpoolway.co.uk and for this one I'm joined by Paul Natten and Dan Thomas. Okay Paul, I'll start with you. Um, two points lost, point gained. How are you feeling about it? Uh, yeah, I'm pissed off, Dave. I'm, I'm pretty pissed off. I think, um, you know, I, I just I just feel that, I mean, I know the game sort of swung one way than the other, but we were so supine in the first half. And I, I for me, just Klopp has totally overthought it. I think he's like, he's just got, he's got Brighton in his head. Um, and it struck me, particularly in that first half, he must have gone on and on and on about Brighton's tactical approach all week. Certainly he's, um, you know, I think you've had to pop a brownie for slurping De Zerbi in the past I think Klopp probably gone past him yeah. um, in his press conference this week and I wonder if the players have just listened to that too much um, you know and his, I think in his press conference afterwards I just think we've shown them too much respect which is not to uh, not to underestimate them they're clearly a really really good side and he's right they are really well coached I just think he's gone on about that far too much and I think it was clear in the way we set up we were just nervy we didn't play our game we were not, weren't really sure of ourselves and we certainly saw that in the first goal although I'm sure we'll talk about that in detail in a bit for me the big thing was the team selection you know we talked after the game about how we didn't defend that well and um, and, and you know there were too many spaces and gaps well in which case why are you picking slow players in key positions yep you know I just think you've got to have for me I, I just think Maka is just it was just glaring that you don't have Maka in there today um, and I also think Joel you, you want pace there you want Canati's recovery pace because otherwise you can't play compact especially if you're trying like, to play yeah absolutely the number of times the forwards are trying to press and then they just play through and there's, the midfielders are nowhere for the second ball for the second pass you know you can't do that against these you've got to have that mobility now you might argue what are the alternatives because I certainly think we Curtis's absence was glaring today both on and off the ball, that ability to be available for a pass, but also to just press everyone all the time, no matter where he is on the pitch. Um, but I, I think we needed more mobility today at six. Um, and, if, you know, if that's not Endo, then what have we signed him for? Mm. Um, but I certainly feel now, I, 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 I've been keeping my powder dry a little bit on Maka. We know he's a good player. So this is not about whether he's a good player or not. We've seen him playing in the Premier League. We know he's, he's won the World Cup. We we know he can play. He can cope with big games. We know that he's got good touch. He can cope with our league. Um, he's intelligent. He's got good technique. But he's not a six. So let's just stop fucking about and play him in his proper position. Um, Especially with Curtis out. Yeah, yeah. It just <clears throat> I just don't get it. I don't get it. I don't think you're helping him. I don't think you're helping him at all. Um, I, I, that said, I don't think it was the first goal was particularly on him. I thought Virgil just has to be making a better choice than that. Than just he can see he's under pressure. He knows he hasn't got any pace. Don't be giving him that pass there. Um, Virgil's got the whole game in front of him. He needs to. He needs to see. He needs to make a better choice there for me. So yeah, p- pissed off really. I mean, there was moments where we came back into it. Moments where we played well, but just too many changes. You know, playing Dom on the left. Don't think it really suits him. He looked better second half when he switched across. Mm. Um, you, you know, just very, very, very frustrating. I think. And I think, I suppose I'll talk about it more later as well, some players who've got big reputations not delivering. You know, for all the talk about about Darwin, for me, I think we need to have more concerns about Diaz. 
You know, again, he's a player who I think is a good player. You know, if you say he's not a good player, you, you haven't got eyes. He clearly is a talented player. But for me, when he's been here, the amount of time he's been here now, I know he's had the injury. But even so, he just doesn't impose himself on games or even on opponents enough. You know, where's the South American mentality? You know, I don't want to totally... I don't want to totally rip the lad. That's not, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm not ripping into him and slagging him off and saying any shit or anything like that. But I think we've had. there's been a lot of finger-pointing at Darwin. And we just seem a little bit old. The fans all seem very comfortable with Maka and with uh, Diaz. And I think there's probably bigger question marks about both of them at the moment based on what we've seen this season. Mm. So, yeah, I, really, really frustrated. Thought Brighton had moments where they were exactly what we expect them to be. And they had moments where we, they were absolutely there for the taking, wide open. And we could have ripped them to shreds. So I'm frustrated. It's it's very much a two points drop for me, mate. Yeah, Dan, what about you? Yeah, I think. What? Oh, oh, sorry, I can't talk. A lot of what Paul said the resonates with me. Particularly what I'm getting frustrated about, and I have felt for a while, is McAllister is not a six, and it was exposed again today. Um, question marks about Endo, a, a huge. Um, about why he's not playing and when he does play does he bring us what we need so those are questions that we need to address I think kind of the the result in the later kickoff um, has eased the pain slightly although it does again feel like a missed opportunity to, to gain ground on City you you said this yourself Dave in, in the chat but like last week it wasn't our fault that we didn't go past City this weekend it is yeah. um, we were a bit too passive today we Played, played Brighton a lot of respect and they are a really really good team I, I kind of look at the fixture list and like oh no I'm not looking forward to that game and Brighton away is, is one of them but it's out of where positive is we didn't lose we went there and got a really good kick in last season um, so we, we are improving but today we, we've come away with a 2-2 draw and we only really had three or four big moments in the game it, it was it wasn't a great game of football to be either. Brighton will probably be happy with the results. I, I certainly feel as though we've let an opportunity go through our hands. Got a lot to say about refereeing, which is also linked to the later game. I know you. Yeah, I know you will have, and you didn't get to speak about last week, so we will come back to you on the refs, Dan, and you can you can completely have at it. Um, so we will get to that. So just stick to the game for now, and then the floor will be yours on the refs. Oh good, oh oh goody. Um, so like with the game suddenly changed in a couple of minutes, didn't it? With a high press, we nip the ball, yeah. off we go. Um, I think Brighton should have played the whole second half with ten men. I think that was a red card, and I think that was pretty much confirmed over half time. PGM well will have gone scrambling around to get the story out, which is that Dom um, didn't have control of the ball <laughs> when when he was fouled. Not um, a goal scoring opportunity. Yeah, yeah. They always want to make it subjective when they can, yeah. don't they? To de- to, to deflect, and, make and it a subjective just, thing rather than a black and white thing. And, and it is. It's not that's subjective. That's where the, the grey line lies. It is. It's a very clever game, um, and it's almost as though the organisation is run by someone who used to work for a police force that was part of a huge cover up for thirty years. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe I'm being too jaded and cynical there. Nope. Uh, no, but. It's it, it's that that's a, a distraction from not a great performance, and the frustration is um, a, a while ago, a long time ago. In fact, um, you wrote up an article about um, it was just after Rafa's rant, and 
we played Stoke away and drew nil nil and an insipid nil nil draw. And I can't remember exactly what you said, but it was something about going up, like charging to go over the top and then just running straight back into the trench or something along yeah, those lines. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. We've had the whole world against us this last week. We had that embarrassing refereeing performance last week. We've had Curtis Jones's appeal upheld. We've had all the banter merchants, dickheads saying, oh, we want to replay because the throwing didn't go our way, etc., etc. And the best we can come up with that is today. You know, it, that's frustrating as well. And it's now an international break, so we have to wait yeah. to address it again. It's funny you bring that up, Dan, but I'd totally forgotten about that. But I do remember the point that I was making after that was, you know, if you go to war like Rafa did there with, with like his facts... And then the next the next game you go out and play like that, it's like, oh my God, you just undermined it completely. And I, even, like, you've just mentioned that, which has just brought it back up. I was going to say that anyway, but, like, as I say, I'd forgotten about that one. What I was going to say about this is, like, after, like, I was I was ready to fucking run through walls after last week and I was talking about we'll win the league, this will spare us on and all that. And I feel as though, like, we're all in, like, the trenches in World War One. And I'm like, you know what, lads? Come on, let's let's fucking do this. And I jump over the over the fucking trench, and I'm running, and then I look behind, and there's like Klopp and the players all just sat there going, "Now nah, you know what? Like we're all right, lads. Oh, here you go." Because <laughs> that today was just like, oh my god, it was so like. I'm not saying that there was a lack of effort or anything like that. They tried, you know. It was like it, it was fine. It was okay. But I expected so much more after yeah. the injustice. There was no fire in the belly. No, was yeah, there? that's exactly it. I thought like we'd, we'd come out and we'd be eating thunder and crap and lightning. And what did we get? We just got like a run of the mill, just standard performance. And I'm like, I expected so much more there. You've got the players like putting stuff on Instagram about it's us against the world and all that. And I'm like, yeah, come on, let's fucking show everyone. And we went out and did that. I mean, to oversimplifying it but to me the first half was on Klopp and the second half's on the players the first half was just a shambles somehow we've gone in like 2-1 up because we had like a good 10 minutes everything before that was just really like jarring to watch I don't know what we were doing it but tactically it just looked like as you said about paying them too much respect I think like that's part of it I also think we were just too clever by half what the fuck's this with like Alisson playing as a fucking inverted centre-back I mean that was just staggering to watch. I'm like, what's going? He's actually moving into the back four when we had the ball. Joel's going and standing on the touch line, and Allison's coming in and standing in in Joel's position, and we're passing it about at the back. But that's all fine. We were never really under any pressure. Any of the the back players who had the ball, it was as soon as it was getting played into midfield. That's when like Brighton with with the the press was triggered, and. The first goal comes as a result of that. If Allison's in his goal, and I'm not blaming Allison in the slightest here, by the way, this is not Allison's fault. He's being asked to do this. He's doing what he's being told to do. And that, like, you can talk about Virgil's pass, yeah, it's not good. He should be more aware. You can talk about Alexis being on his heels and, and a bit like sluggish. Yeah, I agree with that. But that goal doesn't happen if Allison's in his in his in his goal, in his normal position. And he can't get back because he's playing in this like ridiculous hybrid role where it's like, oh, well, we've got the ball, so we'll move you there. And then Trent, you go, I don't even know where Trent was. I don't know what Trent was doing today. He didn't really have a, a, any kind of influence on the game. So you're making all of these tactical switches not to get something out of Trent. And then Trent's just like, 
wasn't bad. He was fine. Do you know what I mean? But it, why are we doing all of this? What's the yeah. benefit from it? You know, all of these like unnecessary changes. And I, I was watching like Allison and, and the position he was in. And I'm, I don't understand. Well, all right, they, they know more than we do. But to me, it was asking for trouble because there's a, there's a couple of elements to this. Like Brighton are really good at playing it out from the back. I would say Brighton are better at moving the ball from back to front than we are. I'd say they're better than probably anyone other than City at, at that particular aspect of the game. They take chances. They rarely get caught. You know, they, they do move the ball forward really well. And traditionally, we've had problems getting anywhere near them when they've been playing out from the back. We actually did okay on that front today once we got to grips with it. But we were trying to do that and it wasn't working. Like when we've got the ball at the back and we're, we're passing it around, and it was so slow. It's like Alisson standing. He's got his foot on the ball and he's looking around and he's taking like 10 seconds because nobody's like pressuring and Brighton is just blocking the passing lanes and waiting for the moment when they press. So the back four, when they've got the ball, including Alisson in the four because he's playing centre-back, they were not really under pressure when they got the ball. It was like when it got played further forward, that's when we were losing it. And at no point today when I'm, I'm watching us like trying to build out from the back, Ask yourself this, like when we've got the ball and we're trying to build out from the back, there's like two scenarios. One, we move it from back to front, we play right the way through them and get it to the forward players. Or two, we lose it somewhere along the way while we're trying to do it. What was more likely? Because I don't remember us going playing through them even once. All of our best moments were from like the balls like forward in their half and either it's been like a second ball which we've won and then we've, we've attacked or we've won it off them when they were trying to play. And whenever that happened, we looked good, we looked dangerous. And instead, we're passing it around at the back. And I'm like, you know what? This isn't working. Why are we not just like knocking it forward and then playing to win, yeah. win the second ball? Change play the up. game in their fucking half, not in our the half. The that Virgil is... diagonal. Yeah, because uh, you don't even diagonal. have to win it. Why are we not playing those? You don't even have you to know. win that ball. You play They're it out wide, someone goes up for a header, like the ball gets knocked back into the middle, and then you try to win it there. Or even if you don't win it and Brighton win it, that's when you press them and you try to win it back. Because we're much better at like at doing that. When we win the ball and we go quick, we're dangerous. When we're like we've got it in our own penalty area, passing it about, more often than not, I'm thinking, we're probably gonna just lose this year. It's gonna go into midfield and someone's gonna like do something daft. And and we've seen it happen quite a few times this season. I mean, Trent got caught, didn't he? Um twice actually Trent's been caught in there Alexis today you know and I couldn't agree more about Alexis as the six because when he plays there it's a miracle today that he didn't get a yellow card because he should have had two yellow cards and he didn't get the yellow cards because Anthony Taylor refereed the game very leniently now we can talk about like the the potential red card for them as I say we'll get to that but most referees today are booking Alexis for like the first one when him and Virgil both sandwiched the player, but Virgil didn't foul him. Alexis did, and then he does the second one, like in in the second half when the lad runs in front of him, goes past, and he's running into the box, and he brings him down. I think he scored. No, that wasn't the free kick they scored from that. That was a Canate, I think, wasn't it? But it was a similar position where we give the foul away, and it's like most referees are booking him for them. But Anthony Taylor was not getting his cards out, and. The only thing I'll say is like he, I thought he should have booked Solly March early on when he, he took Darwin out, and he didn't. And I'm like, okay, I can live with you not booking him there. I, I'm, I'm, I don't want players getting booked needlessly. 
you know, not needlessly, but like it's a decision where you don't need to book him. I'm okay with not booking him as long as you're the same for both teams. And he was, he was the same for both teams. He he wasn't like, like the two two ones that Alexis got away with today. Both of them are worse than either of the ones that Jota got booked for last week, and Jota ends up getting sent off. The two that Alexis did were worse than them. So. He refereed the game consistently from that point of view, and he's done what I want, which I, I want like players should only be sent off as a last resort when it's like a subjective call. Now, the, the the penalty and the red card incident, it's not a subjective call. As I say, we'll get to that. But in terms of like Alexis and the six, every game he plays, I'm expecting him to get booked. And every game he plays, I think there's going to be at least one occasion when he gets caught on the ball in a dangerous area. And... I don't want to say it's not his fault because it is his fault. You know, he, he's he's a talented player. He should be better than that. But we're not putting him in a position where you're going to get the best out of him. We're putting him in positions where he's not as comfortable, and it's not what we bought him for. That the bottom line is, what we're seeing from Alexis is not why we signed him. He's not playing in the position that he was bought to play in, and the reason for that is because we failed to address the sixth position and. I'm absolutely blown away that Endo didn't play today. Because if he's not playing today, why are you subbing him at half-time the other night? Why are you not giving him 90 minutes and, and you know more game time to, to get up to speed and that? Why are you bringing him off at half-time if you're not playing him at the weekend? That was That's utterly bizarre. We took off Mo and we took off Darwin because they were both starting today. So why, why are you taking Endo off? Why, why would you not just leave him on? if he's not going to be playing today. So, so the only way that makes sense to me is if, like, he's, he's seeing Endo playing in the week and thinks he's having a horror show. But he didn't have a horror he show. He didn't. No, he wasn't. You know what wasn't I mean? And I, I accept the subtleties just... of how we play technically. You know what I mean? There's things that Klopp wants to see that uh, may be too subtle for some of us when we're just watching um, without being aware of what he's asking them to do. Yeah. But the only way, um, the only way it makes sense is, as you say, is either bringing him off ready for today or he just didn't like what he saw on Thursday and said off you come so the whole th- unless there's a fitness issue which we don't know about but I, I, I you know I just I don't know it's just bizarre the whole thing's bizarre I mean for me today Dave the whole issue around um, around Maka and Endo and the six just makes absolutely glaring the point I was making back way back last season about we need mobility and, and even pace in there, but certainly mobility. The two things aren't necessarily the same thing, but you definitely need mobility in there. But Endo's I, I got like that though. pace in there as well. And we haven't got it, have we? No, Endo's not what you call pacey, but he's got mobility. He gets around the pitch. He's, yeah. he's got yeah. defensive now. He's played that position his entire career. He's like, he's 30. He's got the experience to, to know where he needs to be. But he was it was Klopp said after the game, it was pre-planned coming off at half-time. Because he got asked about, like, why did Endo come off? And he said, no, no, the plan was always we, we take Endo, Mo and Darwin off at half-time. So if you're planning on taking them off at half-time, well, surely you're playing them in the next game. Otherwise, just let them play. I mean, how, how many how many minutes did Harvey play the other night? Did he play the full game? He played, he played like, best part of it. If he didn't play the full game, he played most of it. Um, and yet he starts today and Endo doesn't. I, I can't, I'm like, I find it difficult to see what we're doing in the Europa League and then translate that with how it's relating to team selection. You know, whether it was Darwin and Diaz starting the away game and we're all thinking, okay, so that means Jota and Gakpo are going to start in, in the league. And they didn't. You know, it was like Diaz and, and Darwin both played 
in the league match like three days later. So I'm struggling to get a handle on what like the the plan is with these games, and that that's just like baffling to me that you take Enzo off if he's not going to start today, and if he's not starting today, you got to think well you know Curtis is out. This was like the the opportunity to to play Alexis where he should be. And give Endo a chance, and he didn't do it. And I feel like that's a bit of a red flag. It's like, well, what? He mustn't be good in training. There must be like a reason for it. And it is still really early, you know. You do need like a few months. Like we go back to Fabinho. It took Fabinho a few months to nail down a regular place, but he was still getting like games. You know, he he still played now and again. He was in and out. You know, a game like that today. You in when we signed Fabinho. In this situation where there was a, a gap that needed fill and he would have been brought in even if he was out for the next game. So not putting Endo in, it, it is, it's a red flag. I, just, I don't really I understand wonder whether why. It was, all about, it was all about possession. They wanted to keep the ball better, so they wanted somebody who was technically better. Well, that worked Because well. we saw that they were trying to, we were trying to almost play them at their own game. Yeah. But it didn't work anyway. Yeah. It wasn't working anyway. And I, I just think we should, be, we should be Liverpool. We shouldn't try to be Brighton. You, you know, know what I mean? That's else, what I think Paul? about... It needs to be mentioned as well. I think we need to shout out Jules and his take on don't ever play players away at the former clubs. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he said that. And I was like, well, have you got any examples other than Jota? Well, if I ask him that again, he can use Alexis now, Garni. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't great. Uh, so, yeah, so there you go in front with that goal. Uh, our equaliser was quality. I loved that. I loved the, the slickness of that. It was like you win it and it's like bump, 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 passing and movement, flying at them in all directions. We had like four or five players in that attack. Um, it ends with like Harvey letting the ball run. Obviously got a shout from Mo and Mo's tucked it away. And kind of against the run of play because we were rocking at that point. We, we didn't look convincing. Uh, all of a sudden, just like that, win the ball, a couple of passes and we're level. And then soon after we get the, uh, we get the penalty and we're ahead. So, Dan, do you want to talk us through the penalty then? What your thoughts were on it? I liked the way we won the ball. Um, Brighton, obviously, playing with fire, passing the ball out. But it's a red card, isn't it? (laughs) Did you think that initially, when when it first happened, were you calling for that? Well... Because I wasn't, to be fair. I think that there's a a bit of confusion over the rule, isn't there? Because the rule is not that long changed, the double jeopardy rule. So... I, I saw that the, the Brighton lad was back on the line and I thought, well, you, you can't really argue that that's denying a goal-scoring opportunity. But when you when you look at back, Dom would have got there. I don't care what PGMOL have been smoking. Um, he would have got there. Uh, he was dragged back with absolutely no intent to play the ball. He was basically fouled with zero attempts. So it's a red card. It's as simple as that. And Sky went racing to get the rule book and... We had, we had, it was we was all talking about it at half time. It was it was the huge talking point, and that's because it was a red card. Um, Sky went. That's what I mean. At, at, at half time was, was when the rule book got got fetched out. Um, it's just when you look back at it, it's so obvious. And VAR did take a while. I mean, I'm sure there's an element of oh no, it's Liverpool. We'd better be very careful about this about that, but. I just thought um, they were checking for the the, the penalty. I didn't realise like that. At that point, I'm not thinking red cards because of what you said about the double jeopardy. I thought like if it's outside the box, it's a red. If it's inside, they don't give a red. But I didn't know the 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 the, the rule is actually 
if you make a play at the ball and you foul someone, it's a yellow card. If you're not playing, not making a play at the ball and you're denying a goal scoring opportunity, it's a red, which is this incident. Well, would we put it past them actually not knowing their own rule after last not week? Because I wouldn't. Not, not I wouldn't all, put that not... past them. It's another do, one where do... you want to hear the audio, isn't it? Well, you see, if that's the case, see what that's, they're like, for. that's really bad because we always say about them, they know the rules, but they don't know the game. If they don't even know the rules, I mean, fucking hell. Um, but my problem with that is I've got no problem with Anthony Taylor not giving the red initially because I just think that all happens like really quick. He sees that it's a penalty. He may not know. Does he make a play at the ball? Is he is he trying to play the ball and he pulls him back? I can understand why in like and also like a, a second later Diaz is fouled as he comes in. So there's a lot going on. He waited to give it as well. Didn't yeah, he, he waited and then he gave it. So um, Anthony Taylor is given the penalty, which to me is fine because in his head he may not be sure that it's a red card offence. So he's, he's given the penalty and he also knows VAR's going to take a look at it. So if there is more to it then it can be brought to his attention. So I'm giving Anthony Taylor a, a complete pass on this because uh, I can I can see exactly why he's not sure if that's a red card or not. And also, it goes back to what I was saying, Anthony Taylor refereed that game in the manner of wanting to keep players on the pitch. So subjective decisions, he's going easy, he's going lenient, which I'm totally fine with as long as it's consistent, which it was. That's how I want referees to, to referee games, because I said last week, you know, it should always be like a last resort sending a player off. Like, you only send them off if you're like, you know what, that, I've got no choice, that's that's bad, you've, you've got to go. And too often, you're seeing players getting sent off for like, fuck all, two yellows, and I'm like, really, do those two offences add up to that player not being able to play the rest of the game? And I think he's refereed it like that today. So I'm okay with that. And he's not given the red card because that's in spirit with how he's refereed the game. Now, where it gets murky is VAR doesn't have any kind of luxury about refereeing things like easily and going, I'm going to let that go. I'm going to let this go. They are only there. This is what Mike Dean told us yesterday. It's what he told Paul Mason. They are there to apply the law. Simple as that. Right, so and they cannot go against the law, according to Mike Dean. This is what he's telling Paul Mason: like we can't go against the law. And what he actually said was, we can't go against the law for the sake of it. And that's what triggered Mason why he started screaming at him. But it's just, it's like it's the mentality of them. Like it's like arguing with a traffic warden when you've parked a centimeter over the line and they're giving you a ticket and you're like, well, I've had to park here because the car next to me is right across and I couldn't get in the space with enough room to let them out the car. And he's like, I don't care. You're a centimetre over the line. That means it's it's an offence. That's the law. Nothing I can do. That's the mindset of these people. That's what you're like dealing with. So how come VAR looks at that and if they know the law, which we, as you said, maybe they don't. I don't know. If that, We need to hear the, the audio on this, by the way, to see if the audio ties in with what they're saying about it's not a goal scoring opportunity or if they just missed it completely that's something else that like that audio needs to be released um but it comes down to like i can understand why the referee doesn't give a red card but var doesn't have that luxury they cannot say well you know what it's not that bad we're not going to give a red no you're there to apply the law that's what we've been told all fucking week and the law letter of the law is that that is a red card now i'm not getting worked up about whether it's a red card or not to be honest because after the week we've had 
this is trivial in comparison with the other shit. This is just like, and I kind of expect it now. It's like, you know, I don't expect them to get things right because they just don't. They make so many mistakes. But that particular one, I just feel like the hoist by their own petard because you've got Mike Dean speaking out for the ref saying, no, 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 we can't go against the law. We have to just apply the law. We don't have leeway to do that. And then you get an incident like that where the law says that's a red card and they've tried to just wiggle the way out of it. You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean. Just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary, and access to the members-only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. Right. Well, it's just like as as you say, considering all all that's been thrown on us this week with that that audio and and, and everything surrounding it. Um, the, the penalty decision was just it just it's just putting it on top of it. I think what's what's properly got to me is I've always said that the referees in this country are embarrassingly bad. I stand by it. Uh, but what I will say in just as an apology to Mr. Cavana in my last podcast, come back all is forgiven. Uh, your performance against West Ham was not that bad. It was um, good, as we said at the time, Dan. That was a good refereeing performance. <laughs> Um, but what what we've had since uh, is just it, it's it's embarrassing. It's a litany of embarrassment. Um, it's a cabal of cliques and best friends of a boys' club who look out for each other, and that is perpetuated by the boss Howard Webb, who was a referee himself, and he was part of this boys' club who could do no wrong when he was a referee, because he was a good referee, and then he had the World Cup final and completely lost the plot. Uh, and was never the same again. We are in the middle of a crisis of refereeing in this country. We've got people making questionable decisions, not just on the field, about what they choose to do off the field as well. Michael Treacle Oliver going off to bloody the United Arab Emirates, bloody Simon Sugar Flavoured Snot Hooper with his ridiculous performance last week, sending Jotter off for zero contact on two tackles it just does nothing to dissuade the myth that referees are all robotic parking Nazis who can't think for themselves and who reach for the nearest excuse when it comes to the rules Mike Dean yesterday being the perfect example of just repeating verbatim what he said when Paul Merson is trying to engage him in a discussion it comes back to the same thing over and over and over again Referees are robots. They just apply rule number 3.1427 and don't think about how it is. What has really got me, and I have been genuinely angry today, as angry about the whole thing as I've been, is that Curtis Jones got sent off for a yellow card last week that was upgraded to a red. Now, you can debate, we all agree on this podcast that it was not a red card. Other people would argue that it is because of the still which I understand and I would debate them to death that it's not a red card. But in that Manchester City game today, you've got, um, oh, what's his name, Kovacic, yeah. diving in, 
and making a really poor tackle on someone, which was given as a yellow card on the field. And the same video assistant referee system has checked that for about a minute and comes to the conclusion that it was a yellow card. Absolute fucking hawkum, hocus pocus, bollocks, bullshit, rubbish. It was a far worse tackle than what Curtis Jones was sent off for last week. Yeah, it was. Nothing. Not, not, just a yellow card, that's it. That was looked at. An active decision was made to uphold that decision. Whereas last weekend, the week this decision was given to upgrade that decision to take further action. And then, what was it, two minutes later, Kovacic, for some reason, does a jotter, goes diving in when he's just had a yellow card. Before... Declan Rice has even hit the floor. Michael Oliver is waving his arms like some kind of over-enthusiastic parking attendant saying, no, 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 no. And the TV replay shows conclusively that Kovacic has fouled Declan Rice. It is a regulation yellow card and it's just absolute hypocrisy of the highest order when you had to go through what we did last weekend not just as a football club, as a fan base, that hurt last week because that was a we deserved a draw with nine men and it was taken away from us at the last minute by admittedly our own mistake. But the situation and circumstances you boys on this podcast have covered brilliantly over the last week, so I won't go back into that. It's just the inconsistency. It's it's rife. This happens every week. Every week there's a decision that is given that wasn't the week previous or was given the week previous but isn't this week. How are we supposed to compete with this as fans? You know, like, like We pay a lot of money to watch Liverpool and I'm going into a game not trusting these officials because they don't know what they're doing for, on a week-to-week basis. Or they it, do know what they're doing, which or is they do know, They do know what they're doing because what I was just about to say is just to make these decisions in that game today worse. And I flagged this to my friend who's an Arsenal fan. I said to him, are you not uncomfortable with the fact that Michael Oliver spent time in the United Arab Emirates the week before you're due to play Manchester City? And he was like, well, I hadn't really thought about it that way. But it is but, now. Well, I, I'm, I'm sure he is. But for, for my money, I don't want Michael Oliver near my game if he has just been in the country who happened to own the football club who were playing next. Now, I'm not outright accusing Michael Oliver of making a decision based on the fact that he's just had a jolly to the UAE. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying I that he's, he's put it in a position, he's put us in a position, himself in a position, the wider public who care about it into a position to say, well, that's very suspicious. Now, I just think that Michael Oliver's had a poor game because he's a referee and referees in this country are poor. They are getting worse by the week, perpetuated, facilitated by this circling of caravans, circling the wagons. We're going to sit tight. We're going to see this out. And last week, Liverpool lit an arrow and fired it straight at the caravans. And will the caravans burn or not? I don't know. I don't know because you've got all the fucking people. national journalists running over with fire extinguishers, so they definitely yeah. won't burn. Fucking yeah. led by Gary Neville. So, yeah. but well, you say, Dan, you're saying it. like about no consistency, but there is consistency because I'll tell you what's consistent about it all. Man City are never on the receiving end of any of this shit. They're always the beneficiaries of it. So draw your own conclusions, like as to why that is. But that is a fact. You know, these decisions go into it like to t- they go against the teams that are up there competing with City, and they go for City. 
You know, if you look at some of the worst decisions that we've seen, who benefits most from it? It's like, you know, when there's a murder, the first thing that like the detectives look at is like, well, who gains from this? Who who stands to gain from from this? You know, like financially or whatever. That's the question that you've always got to ask. Who's gaining from it? Well, who's gaining from all this shit that we've seen? Like the you know the the last week or so. I mean. It's pretty obvious to me who's gaining from it. And the fact that, like, the, the two biggest culprits was, like, Darren England last week, Michael Oliver today, and where were both of them two weeks ago? Don't tell me coincidence, because I just, I don't, I don't buy it. Well, uh, I don't deal in, uh, in Moiders, Dave. <laughs> but, um, I, 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 I do. Moiders? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Part of my new joyousy personality. Um, I... You, you, you're right. It's it's a huge, huge spotlight, and it, it's just I think like Monty has been kind of as always the most kind of low key about this, but it's it's questionable decision making at the very least. And if you want to accuse people of outright corruption, I'll stop short of that. It's it's you can't deny the possibility. Possibilities are being put in place by by such decisions as that. But and again today. I think I might have already mentioned this at the top, but I'll mention it again. PGMOL go racing out to say, oh, well, the play wasn't in control of the ball. Absolute nonsense. Sobersly might not have been in huge control of the ball, but it's not like he'd kicked it far away from him and he wasn't going to get there. And just to compound that fact, Louis Diaz nearly got there as well. Now, he probably would have missed with the game that he had, but mm-hmm. he, he, he nearly got there and was fouled as well. So... Yes, Sobersly may not have been in control of the ball, but it's still brought to a Liverpool player. Honestly, it's just... The, the amount of... I, I, I'm sure... You, you've said this, Dave, but the, the amount of excuse-making and hand-wringing and gestures and verbiage is very, very conservative party. Yeah. It's gaslighting you into thinking that it's actually your opinion that's wrong. It's not. It's we've not done anything wrong. It's your interpretation of the rules. Bollocks. The rules are there. You're not applying them correctly. You know that's the, like the, you said about um, like they've used this not in control of the ball as like the, the the like part of the reason for it. It's absolute bollocks, and and this is why. So run like the, like this. Picture this scenario. So. There's a ball over the top, defender and striker are, are chasing it. Defender thinks he's knocking it back to the keeper. Keeper's come running out and he doesn't know. So the defender knocks it like back, goes past the keeper. It's rolling towards the goal. The striker's got the run on him and he pulls him back. It just pulls him, pulls him back so the striker doesn't get to the ball. He hasn't got control of the ball. The striker at no point has touched that ball. He's just running after a ball and he's about to put it in the net. Now, that would be a red card. There's no doubt that they, they would give a red card. They wouldn't say he's not in control of the ball. So that's why this is just bullshit. And he's moving away from the goal. He's not really moving away from the goal. He's moving sideways towards towards where the ball is. It's not like he's being sent wide. He's moving like in towards like the middle of the goal. So that doesn't add up either. There's nothing that they can say that like that justifies that stance. It's just it's bollocks. But as I say, I don't want to like get too hung up on that as the reason why we've not won the game today because we get the penalty. We're 2-1 up. Um, good penalty from Mo. You know, credit where it's due. I'm not convinced about Mo's penalties, but I thought that was a decent penalty. Um, so we're 2-1 up. 
all the momentum's with us now. When we've got over that rocky start, we've gone behind and all that, that's all gone and we're in front. And from that point on, we should win that game for the simple reason Brighton have got to come at us a bit and we can pick them off. And then the second half, like I blame the first half, like the, the, the problems we had in the first half, as I say, that was tactical. I didn't understand what we were doing. It wasn't working. The second half, I think that's just the, the players were just too safe and like just negative. We, we did not like try to put our foot in the throat at all. We let them get the initiative back. And there were so many opportunities for us when we won the ball. And I'm like, okay, go. Two quick passes and we're in. And what did we do? The player who had the ball would take a touch. He'd turn away. He wouldn't play it forward. Then he'd knock it sideways to someone. Then he'd get it back. And then he'd go back to Virgil. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Just blitz these now. Every time you win the ball, you should be looking to go like two quick passes. Get Darwin running in behind. Get Mo running in behind. Did Darwin have a single pass that he could run onto today? He got no service whatsoever. Like, Darwin actually played well today. He did everything well. He had a good game. He got no chance. This is exactly no service. This is exactly this is exactly what I meant about uh, the fact that we just didn't play our game. About Klopp overthinking it. Klopp as Brighton got in Klopp's head. We weren't playing like Liverpool for me. We are nothing if we're not front foot, aggressive, intense, fast, mobile movement. Yeah. That's Liverpool. None of that. That's was Liverpool. There, it's half. always been Liverpool. Now you can we've 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 had degrees of more uh, we've had more refined versions of that. Over the last eight years under Klopp, you know, there's times in the, you know in the title season where we put our foot on the ball a little bit, we keep it at the back, we control it more, but we still that was only as a prelude to being explosive going forward. You know, I think if you take that away from our game, you just lose the complete essence of what Liverpool is. And I just think there's too there was too much overthinking of it. And I come back to the point again. I'm repeating myself, but the team selection wasn't right. The team wasn't compact enough. If you're playing Brighton, you've got to be compact because you know what they're going to do. So you, you've either got to do what other teams have done recently, which is sit back and, and not take their bait, not take their bait to press them. Now, we're never going to do that. And that's not, and I'm not advocating that. I've just said I want us to be Liverpool. So if you're not going to do that, if you're going to play your own game, which means you are going to press them, then the whole team needs to press. You can't have huge gaps between the midfield and the forwards when you're pressing. Because that's basically, you're just saying to Brighton, go ahead, do what you're really good at. You know, that it's just mm. it's on Klopp today for me. And I hear what you're saying about the second half, but I just think it got I think the players were second guessing themselves. I think they've had a message all week that's a little bit kind of like, like oh, these are dangerous, be careful. Rather than we're fucking Liverpool, let's batter them. Yeah, we're gonna we're not gonna be reckless about it, but let's just remember to be ourselves. I thought in that regard, Gravenberch was refreshing when he came on. Frustrated with him that he didn't put that that chance away because he should have scored with that. Um, but I like the fact that Gravenberch is constantly, his first thought is always to get forward. He either wants to knock it forward or he wants to carry it forward. Or a clever turn. Every to get single away. time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I like that about him, that, that front footedness, that, that sort of like, um, you know, attacking aggression. That's who we are. But I think if we're going to, if we're going to be, if we're going to be more circumspect in our, in our tactics, it, it, we haven't got the players for it. It doesn't suit us. You know, I think that's what he was really trying to do by picking McAllister there. I know he's picked McAllister there game after game after game this season because he had to. But for me today, he knew, he had to know that we needed pace at the back so we could keep the team compact. 
I just don't understand it. I don't understand what he's tried to do. Oh, I think he's tried. To, what I think he's tried to do is to think we'll control the ball a little bit more when we're trying to play out from the back. We'll we'll be we'll be we'll we'll look after it better. But that's not us. We're not Manchester City. That's not the way we play. So mm. play to your strengths rather than overthink it. And, I, and I, I'm just I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm really frustrated. I do I do feel it was on Klopp today. I'm, I'm not really handing out much criticism to the players. I think that this was Klopp's fault. And I think Brighton and De Zerbi particularly have got in his head. The only thing I'll say, I, like I, I agree, I'm I'm pissed off. I think like we should have done better today. It was a missed opportunity, uh, especially when you see City have just lost a second league game in a row. When does that ever happen? So you know, is it, there was a real chance for us to to do something today, and we've not done it. But at the same time, I'm trying to like rationalise it to myself. Like I said. You know, weeks ago, it's going to be like ups and downs. There's going to be some bumps in the road. We're not, and Klopp himself has said like we're not stable yet. So I also think, suppose this is going to happen. We're not going to go out and like win every game and play great every week. It's that's not how it works. And today is just an example of that. I think what's pissed me off more than anything was just because it was coming off the back of last week. I expected so much more than what we got today but in general terms games like that today we should expect it because as I say it's like we're not the finished product yet we're still developing we're still a developing team the only other thing that pissed me off about it is like I think people are going overboard on on Brighton and like and how difficult a game it is yeah if we're playing Brighton and they're on like a, a week's rest and they've got the first choice team available I'll happily concede that that's a really tough game. That's not what that was today. They fucking let six in last week. You know, they've then gone and like a tough European away. They're riddled with injuries. They've got no fullbacks. This was a chance to just go out and spank Brighton. And we didn't take it. You know, credit to Brighton. They played well. They, like, if anybody deserved to win that game, it was probably them. I mean, it draws a fair result, but I feel like we were but a bit were, lucky to get it. They, they missed weren't peppering our goal, were they? No, but they, missed, they got to 2 2 and then missed an absolute fucking sitter, didn't they? You know, we, so we rolled out of luck there. Yeah, true, they did. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, we, we had that game in hand and we blew it. And it could have been worse. Could easily have been worse. And the lad puts that shot over the bar when it's we've just gone to two two. We were rocking at that point, and it's like, oh shit, you know, this this could get even worse. So while a draw is a fair result, we could easily have lost it. And and that's like the 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 worrying thing to me is Brighton were not in great shape coming into that game. They had a lot of problems to deal with. They're not used to playing twice a week, you know. Deserbi himself has said like they're finding that difficult like the you know the extra fixture load and the travelling and everything else it's not something that they're used to and it's it's caused problems for them and it has caused problems for them because they got dicked last week at Aston Villa and we should be beating them today and we haven't and we haven't deserved to and you can talk about the red cards all you want but that's just last week the referee fucked us over and is the reason why we, we got a bad result this week you can argue about the red cards all you want, but it was that wasn't it. That was not the reason why we've not won the game. That's on us. We should have done better. We didn't. But I'm trying to just tell myself, well, this is to be expected, you know, because we're not the finished product. Yeah. We are going to have games like this. Yeah, I mean, I suppose one thing I, I've been I've been just sort of thinking through since the game finished because I was pissed off. I'm not like absolutely steaming with them all. You know what I mean? It's not that bad. I am frustrated by it more than angry. But one of the things I've been trying to tell myself. Or remind myself is that um, you know one of me, one of the, one of the, one of my mates sent us a text afterwards and said you know look who we played away from home we've had a tough start and we're only three points off the top given where we where, where we were last season that's not too bad yeah. particularly when you factor in what you've just said Dave about City have lost the last the last two games but for me I just don't see us as 
uh, a team that's, that's that can win the league. I don't see that. I mean, I, I, I've, I've said second all the way through. And I, in some senses, I think we've done better than I expected us to early in the season. I expected us to play into better form and to more familiarity with each other as a, as a new squad. I suppose what I'm finding frustrating is I'm seeing sloppiness and errors and, and, and poor decision-making um, that I would have expected of, based on what we've seen in, in some of the games. I thought we'd managed to come through that. Maybe that's naive on my part, really. Maybe that's expecting too much in that you are going to have, as, as you've said, ups and downs. But I just felt after the really positive start we've had to the season that, you know, some of these... A performance like today, where really we, we, we're sort of second-guessing ourselves and playing within ourselves and not being confident in how we play in our own game, putting too much um, on term, in terms of, you know, too much on the, on the opposition in terms of what they do, rather than thinking about ourselves. I, th- I thought we would be on that, really. Um, maybe that's, maybe that's um, you know, unrealistic to think they'd be at that stage by now. So, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe I do need to reframe it, you know, three points off the top going into the international break and a point away at Brighton maybe that is a good point these days if you're one of the better sides maybe that's what it amounts to because they do play better against the better teams it's context um, though it's like what I said about the injuries they've got and the coming yeah, off the back of your yeah, way yeah yeah no don't get me wrong I'm frustrated I'm trying to tell yeah. myself no, I'm no. trying to talk myself out of it but you know, you know I, I, there's another it, element to it which Dan I'll get your opinion on this but I think part of like the reason why it's so frustrating is because City have just lost the last two games and there's a possibility now where you think, well, what if City have like lost a step and eighty something points is gonna win the title? Like the we, we were we were all thinking, okay, let's just maybe get second or third. It's like get ourselves back in a position. We all know City's gonna be like well clear. What if they're not? Then that's when like these games will actually you know, the 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 points that we've lost the last couple of weeks, that's where they could be costly. Do you think, Dan, that like maybe our expectations are changing because of what City are doing? I mean, at the start of the season, I didn't give us. I thought we might finish fifth at the start of the season, and then we did a bit of um, transfer activity and I kind of became a, a bit more optimistic, to say the least. Um, what watching City, I I think that they let a lot of goals leave in the summer, um, particularly. With uh, Gundongan. <laughs> that might be the best one yet. <laughs> Gundongan. That's better than Yotta. Oh, Dan, you fucking killed me there, mate. We need that Gundongan. in a Godfather voice. <laughs> That's even better than Dave's croissants. Fucking hell. Come Dan, you've got to work it into one of your impressions. That's amazing. That's absolutely well, amazing. I am genuinely speechless because uh, I always thought it was pronounced Gundongan. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> this is causing distractions from my point here. Isn't that, <laughs> what, isn't, isn't, isn't that what Jar Jar Binks is? The German international midfielder who left Manchester City this summer, who signed for Barcelona, um, was a, a regular contributor to goals, as we know, to our expense. Um, yeah. I, I don't think that City have brought in a lot of goals to replace the Kovacic doesn't get many, does he? No, no, he puts in a lot They're of red card tackles. They're always good when he does get them, but he, he doesn't Don't know them. much about the winger, Dan. What's he like, that that lad? Is it Doku or whatever his name is? What's it, Do- is he a goal scorer? Doku, 
I, I, I will presume there's a pronunciation pitfall in there somewhere. I think you got that right. Uh, yeah, Do- Doku looks like a, a talented winger, maybe eight to ten a season, kind of Mara's territory. Um, but like pro- probably less than that. Actually. Mara's was he was a massive player for them. Yeah, and and this is what I mean. I, I th- City are obviously a formidable team. They are the team to beat. But I don't think they're as good as they were last season. And there is a vacancy for us or Arsenal to really, 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 really push them. Now, I thought Chelsea would be up there in Newcastle. Newcastle are starting to click, although they got picked back today. That was a useful result. And we've had a couple of useful results today because Villa, who I don't think are a long-term threat, but are a short-term threat in the league, were also pegged back. Uh, and also should have had a penalty for a clear shove in the back. Um, for, for yeah, the league the, generally looks more competitive, doesn't it, mate? The top half. Yeah. There's lots of teams who look like they can take points off each other. Yes. Apart from the does. shit at the bottom that are going to keep Everton up. Well, you've got a bottom five, haven't you? The three promoted teams. Derby's record is going this season. I always thought it was going to be Luton who got it. I actually now think it might be Sheffield United. Um, since poor John said that or they were possibly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, since John, and I'm, I'm not calling you out here, John Gallagher. Um, since he said that uh, Sheffield United were possibly the best of the promoted teams, they've gone on to lose 8 0 at home and they look very, very <laughs> poor. So, yes, the, the bottom five are going to keep Everton up, I'm afraid. Um, I include Everton in the bottom five there. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think maybe we can set a goal to try and win the league, but results like this aren't going to help us. Last weekend won't help either, but there's not a lot you can do about that. That's that, That's out of our hands in every way possible. Whereas today, it, it's going to be frustrating. When, when you look back at a season and you go 2-2 at Brighton, with our recent record against Brighton, who, even if when we're getting results against them, we're getting played off the park. Um, you know, like, I, I think today's not a bad result, and I don't think we're going to look back at this wistfully at the end of the season and say this was a chance because I do think there are going to be a few more City mistakes what has happened as well this season and this doesn't really happen we've talked about this a lot in the past City have lost a game and then had a really difficult game afterwards Mm. so they lost at Wolves unexpectedly last weekend and they were away to Arsenal now this result is a huge result for Arsenal absolutely huge result and they're going to have that boost going into the international break now and Really, when you look at the league table after eight games and the away games that we've had, I mean, Terry's just posted something in the WhatsApp group where we've been to uh, Newcastle, Chelsea, Spurs and Brighton away in our first eight games. And we're, we're right in it. What we need to do is just keep that consistency going after the international break. And we've got one more Gibroni international break to come in, in November as well. So I, I am actually a lot more optimistic than I was in August when doing predictions. We're currently fourth. We're only three points off the top. Yes, we could have gone past Manchester City, but we're we're right up there. If we beat City at Anfield, then we'll be above them. But there's a long way to go yet. I I certainly don't see Tottenham maintaining um, the pace that they are. I think they will fall I agree with that, yeah. yeah. Definitely agree with that. Um, They've been really flattered by last week's uh, results. They were they? also massively lucky against Luton. Were they? Yeah, they got battered yes. loads of chances they didn't take. Yeah, and like I, I, Aston Villa were, were not given a penalty at Wolves before for a push in the back. And yesterday, a Luton goal was disallowed for a push in the back. So yet again, our wonderful referees um, have been chipping in. 
and when when you look at the, the run of fixtures we've got as well, we've got the derby at Anfield straight after the international break, twelve thirty kickoff, because there's no pattern there at all, no Bob. and then we're at home to Toulouse. Eh, it's a Europa League game. It's whatever will be, will be, and then we're at home to Nottingham Forest. After that, that's not a bad way to kick into a pretty consistent run of games where we're playing. Yeah, quite quite yeah, regularly. Shout that. Yeah. yeah. We're like just to go through the fixtures. We're away to to Bournemouth in the fizzy pot, nameless cup, and then on bonfire night we're away to Luton. That is a chance to potentially fill our boots. One nil loss incoming. Now I've said that. Mm-hmm. Um, away to Toulouse, me um, at home to Brentford, and then it's the international break. I think it looks like it. Yes, it is. It's the international. Usually break. after the break, and um, when are we playing? Man City away. All oh, right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> is it's that not a Sunday? It's, it's currently scheduled to be three o'clock on a Saturday, which is not going to be the yeah, case. no chance. I will predict, with it being an international break, that it will be the um, TNT Sports kickoff at half time. Sky won't want to give that game up, though. I, I think we've been on. I think it's been on TNT Sport quite regularly. That, but uh, if so it's not, if it's not already listed as one of their games, wouldn't it be a Sky game? Well, I'll tell you what. While, while we're talking about this quickly, I'll just quickly nip onto the Liverpool's website and tell you. Yeah. Um, but I don't think from, those games have been released yet. After you, they haven't decided what they're televising yet. They it do it feels a bit. Yes, it, 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 they do. It feels a bit early for that to have been decided. Um, it's not being flagged yet. No, the only game after that that's flagged are all the Europa League games, which are all on. Um, TNT. TNT. I'd yeah. like that to be like a, a half five Saturday game, ideally. Yeah. A L- little bit of a later kickoff, just get the atmosphere going. It'll be like under the lights and that by that point. Where's that? Is that a home or away? We're away. Are we away? Fuck, yes. I think we were at home first. Well, we've, we've got a, a, a lot of home games. Oh, no, that's right, yeah. Because yes. I was thinking City, you'd want to play them at home second, so that worked out well. Yeah. yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Basically, <sighs> what I'm getting at now is we've got a decent run of fixtures coming up. Yeah, and, we have. And if we can do what we can and get, what, 3, 6, 9, 12, 12 points in that run of games between international windows, we'll be looking pretty damn good ahead of that huge game with City yeah. and of course you can never rule City dropping points again but they've got an international break now to, to lick the wounds um, interestingly enough their next game is let me guess let me guess it's going to be one of the, the those five shit teams you were talking about you know what I'm actually shocked because they're at home to Brighton okay and then they're, right. away, they're away to young boys and then they're at Old Trafford. Now, obviously, Ten Jag, blah, 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 blah. But it's a Manchester derby, you know. It's not going to be the, 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 a complete walk in the park for them. Bet you it is. <laughs> and, and, and then um, they are at home to Bournemouth, 6-0 winning coming. And then they're away to Chelsea. And then it's the, the game against us. Okay, so, so yeah. If that we get is to 12, we only need them to drop a couple in that, which is possible. Yeah, there's every possibility that we could go above Man City in the next few games. The difficulty, however, will be maintaining it when our turn comes to have harder games. Yeah. But I, I flagged right at the very start of the season that we had a very difficult start on paper. And I, I'm happy with where we are. Yes, we've had that one heartbreaking, frustrating loss. Not to impress with us today. 
one thing that I, w- I want to come on just to change the topic slightly um, we've got to kick this habit of conceding the first goal yeah this has been and a clean sheet let's problem. have a clean sheet mm. that, would be lo- that would be lovely but I'm absolutely sick of chasing games I mean definitely like, mate yeah against good teams like Brighton it happens against good teams like Spurs irrespective of the circumstances it happens we ain't, we, we shouldn't be chasing games against Bournemouth or Wolves yeah. you know like it's, it's that kind of I don't want to call it sloppiness but there is a problem with the way we start games and it, it, it's the statistics the statistics the statistics you can see in the statistics I'm saying the word statistics over and over again now just to get the pronunciation just because eventually you might hit it right I have some uh, particularly interesting statistics for uh, yeah it, basically just look at the stats the stats tell you we start games too slowly we can see too many first goals we've been doing this since before Paris it was a habit in the weeks leading up to the Champions League final that I happened to yeah. notice and it's not but do you, do you know this comes back to me Dan to the point I've been making about the six you know I was I was, I was on about it last season early last season how it wasn't right and our defending is not right without some real mobility in that position for me I just think we really really lack it you know, it's just, you know, Maka today looked like he was fucking towing Emre Chan's caravan after he didn't want a Fabinho's dinners. You know, he's just so, he's so slow. It's just, and I really like him, you know what I mean? What I, what I, What's doing me head about this conversation about Maka is, he's clearly a really good player. I'm made up we've signed him and I think he's going to be great for us. But I just don't think we're doing him or ourselves any favours by playing him there. And I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, all that Andre stuff, that noise about Andre yeah. um, is 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 going to come true, and we're going to go and get him in January for you know what twenty million apparently his clauses or something. Because he is, he's aggressive, he's mobile, he presses really hard. He, he could be a giant. He could, be, yeah. <laughs> very good. <laughs> very good. How many months have you had that gag ready? Uh, since we got linked to him in about June. <laughs> He could be a giant, but I just think I just think without getting sidetracked by the gags, I, th- I think this number six position is the key. That's the key to our defending. I just think there's the, 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 they're too nervy, but and also it, it, it's a little bit tied up in the whole box midfield thing, which I think we seem to have managed to somehow overcomplicate, and we're not sure when we play it and when we don't. Um, there's times I'm looking at that and thinking, you know, again, why are we, why are we, why is Trent coming there? What's it doing for us? What's the point? It did not on today. Uh, no, absolutely. And so, the, the, for me, those are the, those are the things that need ironing out. And I think that's very much linked. I mean, our attacking play is exactly what I think all of us said early doors that with that amount of firepower, we'll score loads of goals. I think we all felt that, didn't we? I think yeah. I, I think many people outside the club didn't really get onto that about how just how many attacking, how much attacking threat we've got, and that's before you factor into into it um, the impact that Dom's had since he, he's arrived. But I think um, the, the thing that, that that does concern me really and is going to take much longer to resolve is is the the clean sheets and the defending. We're not. We don't look like we did early in Klopp's reign, where there was like massive brain farts all the time. Um, you know, with individual players, this is more systemic. This is more about how the team connects and how we're covering for each other. 
But for me, I'm saying it again, we need pace and mobility in that position, and it's not Maka. And I feel sorry for him, really, that he's that he's getting exposed that way in there. And he's not having a mare. You know, I'm not saying he's not he's not like he's not like being humiliated week after week. He's been fine. But if it's if it's just compromising in small ways other bits of our game. It's just two or three times a game where he's either given a foul away that's getting a book and or he's getting caught yeah. in the ball. And in between that, he's he looks all right. Do you know yeah. what though? There was that one moment today when he was like freed of his shackles. And he got forward and he made that run in the box. And like, and I'm like, that's what we signed him for, is exactly. to do that, to be creative exactly. around the box and make those little runs where people can play him in behind. And then he's like, you know, putting it across the goal. Now, that's why we signed him. And we're taking so much of that away from him by asking him to do something else that he can do to like a competent standard, but not what we need. And I... I yeah, if if we get somebody in in January to do that and then free him up, then all of a sudden you're looking at like th- those positions where you've got like Curtis, you've got Marker, and you've got Dom for like those two spots, and it, it looks really good. You know, you can mix and match. You've got like options if somebody's injured or suspended. Um, it's just at the moment, it's just he's a square peg in a round hole. Um, mm. Yeah, it's 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 not ideal, is it? But if they're not going to pick Endo, then what else are they going to do? That's the problem, really. Yeah, yeah. I'd sooner have cared there, I think. I think I probably would, but that's, the position that's he's not been ideal playing. either. You, again, no. you, you're taking a lot away from Curtis with the pressing. Yeah, well, I, I, which I is said so before, I think we us. missed yeah. him today. No, we definitely. really missed him today. Well, it's like that, that YouTube video, like the um, like that like tactical analyst fella, and, and he put that video out about why Curtis Jones is Liverpool's most important player. Yeah. And it was really interesting to watch. And it's like, yeah, what, it was. You know, made like a lot of good points. I'm not saying I'd go as far as to say he's our most important player. But he is really important, and he's definitely first choice. You know, he he would be if you're picking the team now, he should be in it. No, no debate. He should be in the team. Yeah, and I think Klopp sees it that way as well. I think he's been our best player this season, Curtis. And you know what? This is something yeah, else which like nobody agree. talks about. Like with that decision last week, it's not the red card that fucked us up for that game. It's not just that he then misses three games. And it's like, just, he's already missed games through one thing it? and another over the last few years. The last thing he needs is a, a totally unfair three-game suspension for absolutely nothing. It's so excessive, three games mm. for that. It really so is. Excessive. really is. And you know, it's like, I've seen like an angle of that tackle, uh, which someone, someone, I don't know where I've seen it, and he said this was not an angle that was shown at the time. So it was like just from like a, a different position, and if you freeze frame that angle at the moment, like Curtis has got his foot on the ball, and um, the, the Spurs player, I've forgotten who it was now, the Spurs player's got his foot on the ball as well, and they're both like on either side of the ball at the same height. And uh, if you freeze frame that and show it to the referee, he's not given a red card, mm-hmm. but. The whole thing was warped by the fact like that they showed him what happened just after that. But Curtis does not go in height. He goes in the same height as the Spurs player, but a ball is round. And someone's foot is going to go bounce off it and, and go up. But he, for him to miss three games for that, it's it's just it's totally unfair on him. Because he's just getting into like a rhythm and that. And then all of a sudden, like that three three games... It's actually longer than like it's not three weeks. Is it because you've got like an international break in between? So this is going to drag on. So he misses the Everton game, and then he'll miss the following week. So 
he'll have missed like what four or five weeks football I know he's played like, see that's why it was weird he didn't why didn't he start him on, on Thursday it goes and again, you hope he play against there's no Toulouse. logic is there what's the no, logic to bizarre. those Europa League Absolute selections subbing so Endo after 45 and like not playing Kurt it, I don't know what was going on there it was just bizarre like football manager, isn't it? When you're just playing a game that you don't really want to, just take it. Oh, I just met three random It's when you forget to make changes to your team and you, to, you, you to, click like next game and you're like, oh shit, I didn't want to be starting Mo, what the fuck? After 80 <laughs> minutes or no, but I make some changes quickly. Yeah. Uh, so we, we'll have to talk about their equaliser. Um, it's oh, awful from Robbo, Robbo. but I'm, I've got a question about, about that whole situation with Robbo. Why on all set pieces? What's the what's the reasoning behind switching Robbo and Trent? Or I think in that case it may have been Robbo and Gomez. I don't know if if Trent was off at that point. Can't remember. But why do we always swap them over? So you always have that couple of minutes where like play carries on after the set piece, and you've got Robbo at right back and Trent at left back. What's the logic for doing that? Because that that fucked us there today. Because Robbo won't use his right foot. If the ball comes inside and he's facing the other way, you expect them to. Um, I, I'm assuming it's for at the second ball. I just don't get it because so you, then, what you just said there, though, Paul. Well, he's on that, a stronger foot to get it away. But it's a normal situation for like if if say Trent's in that position today or Gomez whatever, and the ball comes out and he's got to then close it down. That's no different to him just playing right back. You know, he's in his normal position. So if somebody cuts inside, that's true, yeah. So there's no yeah, difference. But we we swap them over, and that like Robbo won't use his right foot, and that cost us a goal. He would not go. He went to go for his left foot, and then he realizes, oh, if I stick my left leg out now, my body shape's all wrong, and I'm just going to leather this past. Allison, there's like there's there's no, you know, the, the risk involved if he tried to play that with, with the the shape that his body was in. That's why he just pulls out completely and lets it go and costs us a goal. But I don't understand what what the reason is for doing that. There obviously is a reason. I just I'd like to know what it is because I don't think it's ever been spoken about. It's got to be about another phase of play, hasn't it? Surely it's not about the it's not about the moment itself. Mm-hmm. It's got to be about something to do with how you play out and, and the next phase of play afterwards. I don't see how it can be for the reasons you've just pointed out there. It can't be for just defending the free kick. It's got to be about something about the next phase of play. It's corners as well, though. We they're always like on opposite sides of corners, so we, but we look at but we look we look at attacking from opposition set pieces, don't we? So yeah. I assume it's got to be something to do with that. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd like someone Too to ask about that just just for curiosity because I'd like to know why we do that. You need somebody really clever for that. Get, yeah. get Stu on. Yeah, Stu. has got his coaching badges, so yeah, we yeah. we could ask we could ask Stu. Brownie's doing his coaching badges as well. Brownie's Brownie's a bit thick though. I don't, I don't know whether he'll pass or not. <laughs> <laughs> just don't get James Pierce to ask Jurgen about it. He might uh, not get much of a response. Uh, no, any anyone can ask, but not James Pierce. He'll he'll bear the brunt of it. So yeah, two two. Then they have a great chance to score. What what did you make of the substitutions? That um, there was a the half time sub was uh, Harvey for Gravenberch, and then Gomez came on for Trent. That was it, wasn't it? We didn't make any more changes. I think oh, Canate got so, yeah. on. Yeah, Canate. That Canate needed to come on because I, I think Joel got a dead leg when it, he had that knee went right into his, his thigh. That looked like a painful one. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know, Joe Gomez had a tough time when he came on. Uh, he got skinned a couple of times on both sides. Did make a really good tackle late on, which was risky because I'm like, oh, you've been booked if you know if that you get, that goes wrong. But um, yeah, I, I mean, 
that changed. Gomez comes on, and all of a sudden, Robbo was was getting forward then. And again, it just goes back to like what we said before. What what are we getting from Trent doing that that role? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Certainly today, we got absolutely nothing from it, did we? I mean, in terms answering your question about the subs, I mean, I, I, Graven, Gravenberg made absolute sense. I think that act, that was. Would you have right done anything else though? Bent um, maybe for Diaz. I, late in the game, definitely late in the game. Yeah, I would have hooked Diaz and just shot the other two over. Moved Darwin to the left, Mo to the middle, and, and Doke on the right. I mean, it just that was that was strange that to me because I thought at the very least, and I know Jurgen isn't a roll of the dice type manager, but I think at the very least you're going to give them something different to think about. Um, I think we're in danger of just of overstating Doke a little bit based on what he's done. I mean, his raw talent, I think, is really clear. And the fact that, you know, he's come into the team at such a, into the squad at such a young age, you know, that's, that, that tells its own story in terms of how Klopp and the, and the coaching team see him. But what we shouldn't be expecting is that he can come, on to, come into games and, and change games completely. But I think there's certain games and certain scenarios where what have you got to lose by letting him have a go he's for a 10 minutes? Card. Exactly, it's a wild card. It's maybe you don't you don't want him on with half an hour to go, no, no. but with five minutes to go, when you know the referee's likely to add at least another five, yeah, get him on for the last at eighty five minutes and just see what happens. Yeah, um, you know. So I, I, that that was that was disappointing, really. I, I I don't know. It was it was strange today. I think Jurgen's used his subs really well um, throughout the season up until Definitely, this yeah. last this last week. You know, I think he seemed to have got to grips with the, the five subs thing, the significance of five subs, and what that can give us, and how it keeps the, how it keeps everybody fresh, but how it also keeps everybody motivated as well. But then I, it just feels like uh, Thursday night and today, um, he's done some puzzlers really, a few couple of head scratches where I'm just thinking I don't really understand where you're coming from, particularly going into the break, to, into the international break. I mean, maybe he's, you know, he's he's concerned about injuries now and he's concerned about um players who are not available and and you know the squad shrunk but that's what your squad's for yeah, yeah we've got I, players I just think who's limited today because no jota no gakpo no jones i yeah. think you know his options for what he would have normally done but as we said dokes there just yeah. just no, just yeah have but, a little have a little go 85 minutes again it's a red flag that he didn't get any minutes on thursday Maybe he's not yeah. had a good week of training. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, yeah. There's a reason for it. It's not like random. There's a reason he didn't get any minutes on Thursday and probably the same reason why he's not being brought on today. I think, though, like just to, to in summary of this, if you look at it in the macro, it's really good. And it's just the micro of today is where you're on a bit of a downer. But yeah, overall position of where we are and... Yeah you know, where everybody else is and, like, where we stand. It's it, it's really good. Generally, it's been very positive, like, in terms of performances and, and like, individuals coming in, looking good, specifically Sabozlai, who's been, like, incredible. Thought he was really good again today, like, second half especially. Second half, yeah. Yeah, yeah. when he moved to the, the side of the pitch, that, like, where he does his best work. Um, so, yeah, overall, like... Very happy, just and uh, as frustrated as I am now, this is just a couple of hours after the game. I'm sure tomorrow <laughs> I'll be fine. Um, I just convinced myself we were going to batter these today, and then it didn't happen, so that's the frustrating thing. But I don't want to get too wrapped up in the the negativity of today because overall, you know, we, we'd have all been like happy with the start we've made, where we are, everything's looking good, should only get better from here, and at the went down. Was like gone through those fixtures coming up. You do think there's a possibility for us to be in really good shape by the time we do play City, 
But you've still yeah. got to win those games. You know, there's no point looking at it and going, "Yeah, that's easy. We'll win that. We we'll win that." You've still got to go out and play and perform. And the best thing, really, for me about today is that uh, Dan's got a new string to his impressions, Bo. Oh, good well, organ. We, yeah, we've... <laughs> <laughs> good organ is like that, that's an all timer. <laughs> it's the old phrase, isn't it, Dave? I'm just, I'm just ignoring the jibes about my impressions. I just take most were. Um, yeah, Dan, as the... my nan used to say, we're laughing with you, we're not laughing at you. We love it, mate. <laughs> I've actually forgotten what I was going to say now. I've been, I have been distracted um, by. Um, it's, oh yeah, football's not played on paper. The old, the old phrase, football's not played on paper. So let's uh, let's get those games won after after the international break. And it's unusual for me to be the ray of positivity, but yeah, what you've just said is right, Dave. We're in we're in better shape than I expected us to be um, at, at this point with the difficult difficult start we had with away games. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else to add? Are we done? There's no games to preview because it's no, a break now. So. There's definitely something that I want to talk about. Um, oh, come on. T- today was Jürgen's eighth anniversary. Yeah, um, that's right, yeah. And I just thought it was, it was worth mentioning. Uh, it's a great achievement. Not many managers in the Premier League or elite leagues reach these kind of anniversaries anymore. Uh, the days of uh, Ferguson and Wenger um, getting long managerial stint seemed to be long gone so do you reckon he uh, overdid the celebrations last night Dan what was that sorry do you reckon he overdid the celebrations last night and that oh, explains yeah. like today <laughs> the brain <laughs> part <laughs> I mean it's it's possible I, I, I find it unlikely but uh, I, I don't think Jürgen's for for um, a kind of Ferguson or Arsene Wenger stint um, Paul as you just how, how long was Wenger there a while it's uh, like- it was a while, was 14, <laughs> okay, 14, a while, 15 years, something like that. It, it was a no, no, no. It was. I would say it was longer than that. It was appointed in 1996, if I remember rightly. A um, while. I was looking for so, something a bit more specific than that, Dan. It, I will quickly do some googling. I'm going to guess 17 years. It was 22 years. Yeah, I thought. Whoa. You know, really? 20, 22 years. Yeah, yeah. When did he um, finish? Uh, so what, 18, 2018, was it? So he was appointed in 1996 and he, he, he left at the, at the end of 2018, yeah. Wow. So, That's uh, hard, I have no I idea. Yeah. Let, Feels let, like he's been gone for ages. What was Ferguson then? Well, I'm just going to check that now. I'm just going to, I refuse to Ferguson call him. Was he 20, 26, 27, Fergie, or even more? How long was Ferguson manager of United? I refuse to call him his full name because he was a prick. I, I love that Dan's talking out loud as he types. I do you know what? Well. <laughs> I, I think we've, we've on on the subject of Ferguson, we, we've got to mention, um, we've got to mention Jason McAteer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was like. Why did he call him Trigger again? <laughs> the most Jason McAteer moments ever. Like for anyone who doesn't know, he. Um, Alex Ferguson's wife passed away uh, on Friday, I think it was, and obviously loads of footballers are like posting messages of support and stuff. And Jason McAteer uh, tweets like, um, "Sincerest congratulations to Sir Alex," <laughs> and then someone must have pointed it out, and he quickly deletes it and changes it to like, you know, "Sincerest condolences" or "Deepest condolences." I can't remember exactly. Uh, but it's too late because obviously it's been screenshotted then and you know it's just one of them things it's Jason McAteer he's he's not the brightest bulb in the box 
but I read some of the replies to you know the the, the one that he put out where he'd said condolences, and you actually had United fans tagging in the police, saying, "What are you going to do about this?" And I'm like, "Seriously, you fucking dickheads." Yeah. So how long was it, Dan? Did you? Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. I, I had yeah. no idea Wenger was like that close. Twenty-two to twenty-seven. Yeah, he, he was there a very long time. I remember. I remember his him being appointed because he was appointed from Japan. And it's like, yeah. Who, who's this guy? And, and who are Grampus Eight? And his name <laughs> sounds like Arsenal. Yes. Yeah. That's all. That's all anyone was talking about at the time. Cause no one knew who he was. Yeah. I mean. Arsene Wenger's always someone I had a lot of time for. Number one because it, it, he was the always the one to take it to Ferguson, and um, secondly, I always loved your theory about the bubble jacket and that it'd be an awkward fight. <laughs> that used to always make me laugh. Yeah. No, I, I, twenty-two years. No, we won't see that ever again. I don't think. I don't think so. And not from Jurgen. What What I, are we setting like the over under on for Klopp? I think you'll sign a new deal. Ten, sign, ten and a half. I think he'll sign a new deal after this one. Um, he, he, he well, seems, I'll go twelve. I think twelve. I, I think I think it'll be twelve as well. I, I don't know if you guys agree. I think you kind of mentioned this, Paul, in passing. I, I think that Jurgen has been a, a, a bit rejuvenated by these boys. This, you know, this new team he's putting together, and I think he's got a, a commitment to it. And he wants to see it through to its its next nadir, and you would hope that that would would come in in a couple of years. See, but I, I thought think that. Makes, uh, but there's another there's another side to this though. What if he just gets so fucking pissed off with the refs and thinks, "What's the point? I'll go back to the Bundesliga where it's not rigged." What if that's like if he if he looks at it like that? Because you couldn't blame him if he did. There will come a point where you got to think, "What's the point in all this?" I I don't think he'll manage another club after us. I think he'll take he'll take he will take that break, and then he might do the Germany job, although not necessarily. I don't think that would suit him, though. No, I don't think it he would either. It's like, it's like to, a semi-retirement, build, though, isn't it? You know, for what he builds, you know, a lot of it's based on like everybody pulling together, and like, do you get that with a national team when you're only meeting up like four or five times a season? Yeah, don't don't underestimate his ability to do it, though, to replicate it there. I think I he, think you know, it would. I just don't think it'd appeal to him. I think it would for the the reason that I, I think he loves the challenge of not having the maximum resources, like. The oil cheats. I think that's something that he thrives off and buzzes off. So maximizing your resources, obviously, as Germany manager, you're going to have a, a decent enough, to say the least, um, <clears throat> talent pool to, to pick from. But you've only got who you've got. You know, you can't like sign a player. So I, I think that would be something that would appeal to him. Eventually, he's made it very clear that he's not interested currently, though. Mm. So. Mm. Yeah, my big fear would be that if he just decides what well, what's the point in this shit with all like the refs and VAR and all that but don't know maybe maybe change will happen uh, maybe Howard Webb will get the bullet and you know all will be well in the world but life's well, not like that that can always be arranged Dave <laughs> <laughs> and while we are on the subject I would like to uh, take this opportunity to uh, welcome you all to uh, visit the world of Manscaped <laughs> <laughs> no free ads, Dan. No free ads. You weren't offering to pay us anything. Unless you can shake them down. <laughs> Make them an offer they can't refuse. Otherwise, no free ads. Oh, damn it. That was my next line. You've stolen my thunder, there, Dave. He's <laughs> uh, right. That's good a good note to end on. 
Gedanken. <laughs> Gedanken, yeah. All right, are we done? Anything else? No, that's it. Uh, yeah, okay. Excellent process then, fellas. <laughs> 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 and we might we might be back during the international break if there's if there's like something we want to want to cover, or maybe we'll do like another question and answer thing. Yeah, um, it was good the last question, the last yeah. Q and A. That was it was a good one. Gets- we'll, we'll probably look at doing something like that over the break then, and then obviously we'll be back for the Everton game. Um, okay, so until then, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you soon. The best word I can say, but uh, we'll describe this was boom. <laughs> 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 Ooh, what was this? It was really good.